Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. Holden here. Hey, and I'm Jackie Zbrowski. We are here to invite you to the live Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser show in Los Angeles, California. That's right. We're coming to the Regent Theater on Wednesday, December 11th. And the tickets are just $22. You can get your tickets at lastpodcastnetwork.com slash p7live. Come on out. You know you want to meet us. Yeah. See you then, y'all. Bye. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here hanging out with... Katie Dirks. Katie Dirks. How you doing, Katie? How was your Thanksgiving? I'm good. It was great. It was very chill. Did you see what I did to Marcus? I did, and I'm very proud of you. I powerbombed Marcus. It was incredible. It was the greatest experience of my entire life. I powerbombed him on the couch in front of both of our dogs, but he kicked out. It's ridiculous. Un- unbelievable. I do. I did like... It was, um, it was a very graceful, slow-motion, polite... Night. It would be the nice league. It's nice league powerbomb. I'm proud of you. It was a nice league powerbomb. I was in front of his wife. She was like, Ben, don't hurt my husband. And I was like, all right, fine. I won't ruin the back of the person who created, who uh, basically keeps Last Podcast Network afloat. I won't ruin him. <laughs> and I didn't ruin him. It was so, almost like a figure skating move. It was very yeah. polite. <laughs> I have one, my one job is to not paralyze Marcus Parks or Henry Zabrowski. That's all I got. I'm a bruiser. And it's a low bar, I feel. It is a low bar. Well, speaking of bruisers, this guy today, he is a badass dude. He works extensively with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's an eight-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. Uh, He is the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's just been done a lot of stuff. I think it's fair to say he's also a rapper. Which is, you know, that's my world. He's a badass. Rocky Romero is with us. Thank you so much, Rocky, for being here, man. Thanks for having me. I, that was a that was a, a, an in, quite the introduction. I feel like I'm, I'm feeling really good about myself. Right now. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. We let everyone know. We, we let everyone know what you are doing so thank you so much for being on the show man we really appreciate having you here no it's uh i'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah whatever you guys want to get into i am an open book i mean this is whatever. exciting yeah i'm easy i'm i'm thrilled that you're here for multiple reasons but one of which is i consider you uh a, i don't want to say a founding father of this era of wrestling mm, and i think you me feel real old <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like you've done so much for the industry <laughs> Founding father. i mean you've done so much for the industry just uh internationally here here in southern california i just think you've contributed so much so i just wanted to say that I thank just you to get i that appreciate out of the way. that no i mean i yeah i came up i started my career here in in so in socal and you know before like this was before the internet was like popping you know and like right you know and and, like you could put out you know whatever whether you did music or you'd wrestled or whatever and it was easy for people to access your your uh your content it was like we were an island all to ourselves out here and people who were wrestling on socal really couldn't get out you know to the east coast and and uh like i was one of those few people through other folks who came before me like samoa joe chris daniels who are all good friends of mine they were kind of the right. they opened the doors for guys like myself the young bucks scorpio sky later you know mm-hmm. yeah you know? so yeah it, it's kind of cool to see that southern california wrestling is thriving right now it's, and it's doing very well you it's know? i feel like a place to be no that's i mean that's seems to be the consensus overall is that What's happening right now in California is some of the best wrestling going on in the entire world. Do you think that uh, that has uh, something to do with just sort of like the rise of wrestling becoming more of an art form in the sense where people are expressing themselves differently? They're no longer just held under the thumb of people like Vince McMahon or someone like 
uh, you know, like the like the Ted Turner brand of WCW. Do you feel like wrestling right now in California, the reason it was able to get so hot was because people were able to like express themselves and show different styles, different personalities, and really just different characters? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, definitely that has a lot to do with it. Uh, as well, I think, um, you know, there's, there's so many other things to do here, like entertainment-wise. So this is like a, a great hub to, you know, like like myself, if you rap, you might want to come to Los Angeles and do their thing if you, you know, right. into acting, whatever. So um, I think that, that goes to show that there's also like just people who are very creative that come to Los Angeles and find themselves here. And then they happen to do wrestling as well, or they're they're pursuing wrestling as well. And this is now it's like a good place to make a name. There's places like PWG where you can really make your name, and uh, and basically that could take you all around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, right? So, so and, and as well, New Japan is here now. We've got an office here, which is cool, and a dojo. You know that we opened up in Carson, and um, so like we're we're trying to you know basically Los Angeles is our hub. For the U.S., mm-hmm. right. One of the one of the things with with where where we are is we've talked a lot about you know Southern California and PWG and stuff like that. One of the things we haven't really touched on is New Japan and uh, and just the world of New Japan. To mm-hmm. me, it's fascinating. And again, I think right. you are like a linchpin in that world. Can you talk just a little bit about how you found yourself in New Japan? Ooh, it's a long story. This is a long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, the first time I, I I started working for New Japan was like 2002. Mm-hmm. So I was like 19 or 20 years old, something like around there. And, uh, and you know, they had a, a dojo here originally in Santa Monica that was basically the the founding, we're talking about the founding fathers of New Japan was Antonio Inoki, and he opened up a dojo here in Santa Monica. Kind of mm-hmm. his own personal dojo, but New Japan was basically funding it, mm-hmm. as a, many things as uh, Antonio Inoki would do later. But uh, <laughs> so basically I found myself there, Samoa Joe, myself, Brian Danison, Dan O'Brien, TJ Perkins, Ricky Reyes, we're kind of that first group that started training there, and they gave us an opportunity to to come over to Japan and wrestle for them. And then I kind of stayed, everybody else kind of did their own thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of came in and out and stayed there for the last, I don't know, 16, 17 years or whatever it's been. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I've always had, it's always been my place. Like, it's always felt like home to me. Mm-hmm. So it, right. it, it's really been hard to leave, in a, you know, or go anywhere when other offers have come in. Because like I just I don't know it just felt right you know and I and we've seen New Japan grow especially the last eight years I would say mm-hmm. so it, it's been hard to like want to leave that you know because it's like now it's like now we're like popping off like you know all right. over the world and I'm glad that I I, I I you know I was here you know I was a part of New Japan when it wasn't mm-hmm. so can we go because I want to kind of peel the curtain back a little bit on New Japan and just kind of talk about the culture of New Japan pro wrestling what sets it apart from the different brands that we see out there now. Why is it your home? Why did you love it? Like, what is what is it about the culture of New Japan Pro Wrestling where you're like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to say thank you, but no thank you. Like, this is the ring for me. Well, to me, I think it's the most uh, simplistic form of professional wrestling. You know, it, it just basically the basics. You know, you go out there, you have a match, you're trying to beat your opponent. You know, the winners will move on and win championships or, or get title, you know, opportunities. And it, it's just basic. It's it's not really the drama of, or if this guy doesn't like that guy, then they're going to fight. You know, it's it's not, it, it cuts out all the excess drama that sometimes is not necessary, you mm-hmm. know. And not to say that um, that's, you know, bad, like the soap opera type drama is bad. I think it's just, that's what makes us different. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, it's more right. sports oriented. When you watch it, it feels like you're watching something closer to like, uh, like the presentation of like MMA or like, you know, a big boxing match, you know, especially like our pay-per-views as, as opposed to like, just like a, a lot of extra stuff that, mm-hmm. that sometimes, uh, is not necessary in my personal opinion. So I, I kind of like just the, the, you know the presentation of that that you know right like big wrestling matches that are about the wrestling not because so and so dragged you know somebody's father in a coffin down <laughs> down the sure. road I mean, right, like, right. I don't know oh, that's like, pretty cool to do <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna no, no, uh, on no. second thought yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah I mean you mentioned Samoa Joe and obviously I'm reminded of this storyline that he had with AJ Styles where you know he was going against he was attacking AJ Styles family and right. they, they do do a lot of like the excess stuff we talk about it regularly the the cuckold uh, storyline yeah. <laughs> going on right now with Rusev and there oh, is boy. a lot of like drama uh, that I obviously you know that's a that's a component of professional wrestling, right? But with New Japan, it's more just the meat, huh? 
Yeah, it's just more the meat, exactly. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I prefer that. And, and I think that, um, so it's, it also gives it room, I think, for when some stuff happens that's not uh, really related to championships mm-hmm. or this person, that, and, you know, it, it kind of lets that be something special as opposed to, uh, you know, every storyline that's not about a title is about fam like people attacking family members and stuff like that. I mean, uh, to me, that's just not exactly realistic at all, you know, and right. I, I think that that's a, it's just a bit more rooted, you know. Right, right. Can you talk just a little bit about the structure within New Japan? And I feel like there's a heavy influence on tradition and respect mm-hmm. more so than there is maybe in other companies. Can you just talk about where you start there, how you get, how you work your way up and all of that, just right. the structure? I mean, just the structure of it. I mean, traditionally, you start with a tryout, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, whatever you, you've done before, whether you, you've done athletics or not, whatever. You do this tryout. And basically, if they accept you, two years of your life, you're basically in the barracks. You know, so you're living in the dojo, the dojo system. And, um, you know, you're doing squats every day, push-ups. You're not even touching the ring for almost the first year. And uh, and you really, it's kind of like prison. You can't leave the dojo at all. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, besides, unless it's like work stuff or family-related stuff. But um, really, you're not supposed to leave the dojo. So, like, you're just completely in it. Mm -hmm. And then from that from there you become a, you know the actual young lion then you're opening on the you know the shows in the first or second matches and you're just you've got like seven moves that you can do which is like the biggest move is like a drop kick sure. you know drop kick body slam boston crab when you say it, you have seven moves that you can do is that seven Correct. moves you're allowed to do seven moves you're allowed to do and seven moves that those are the only seven moves that you're actually taught mm. Complete basics. So over those two years, mm-hmm. they are teaching you seven moves total. And they're perfecting them every day. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's basically, in New Japan, the theory is all about if you can do your basics perfectly, you can be the one you know a great professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's not about the extra flair. Uh, that will come later, right, as you develop right. your personality. So basically, you're just like creator wrestler one, you know, with not with minimum basics and then like if this was a video game you'd have to like build your character up yeah right so over those two years you're just building the character up getting characteristics and everything and then finally you're sent off into the world and they go and they, they what's we call an excursion and they send you off to europe mexico or the u.s now and uh and you go there for two years and then you just learn so the first four years is just about learning then you come back a la like uh, rainmaker kazuchika okada when he was sent away to the U.S., he comes back and then he has this Rainmaker uh, persona, new uh, character, right. and then boom, you get thrown right into you know the top of New Japan. So, what were the seven moves? What are uh, for our for our listeners out there that maybe want to get into pro wrestling, and uh, maybe they're doing oh, the well. backyard wrestling like I did with my friends, and damn near injured <laughs> every single one of them Same. because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Same. Um, what were the seven moves that New Japan Pro Wrestling is like? You perfect these, and then you can go on. I mean, it's like. Headlock, you know, uh, tackle, drop kick, body slam. Sometimes, you know, a regular suplex, you know, standing suplex. You may learn some other kind of submission. But, it, yeah, it's like six right there. Right, like a Boston Crab or something like that. Yeah, maybe a German suplex, maybe. That's very interesting how long it takes or how slow they want to make that process because I feel like a lot of people just sort of expect you get in the ring, you start flying around, you start, you know... It's yeah. not. It's very structured. Maybe more structured than some people thought. No, I mean that's what it's. All, I mean it's Japanese culture, right? So Japanese culture is very structured. I mean even the the system that that they've adopted was adopted from uh, from sumo culture. So the mm. you know so you live at the dojo, you train every morning. When you go to eat, they make like a, a bowl of chanko, which is like this big like stew. And you just, you know, they put everything in. There's vegetables, there's, uh, you know, chicken, there's blah, 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 you know, to build the body. Like, and, uh, you know, you go in, you eat as much as you can. When you say you're full, they say, okay, cool. Take five minutes and then go eat another bowl. You oh, know? my gosh. So, yeah. so, I mean, that's I think I could handle that part. <laughs> I could do the lunch portion right. of the New Japan training <laughs> regimen, but I think everything else, right. the waking up and then you have it. The training part sucks. The training parts, that's the hardest part by far right you know and then you know two years of just doing that every day you know but you know it's all about like breaking the person down and 
you know, starting, you know, from scratch. It's boot camp. Yeah. It's boot camp. Yeah. It seems like the origin story of like Batman or something. Yeah. When he was training, <laughs> yeah. trying to become the best. And the Shaolin, it's, with it's, the Shaolin monks. And well, we did yeah, get Okada out of it and he's kind of a superhero. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you kind of, just for the people that maybe aren't as familiar with New Japan, I feel like we have a lot of people that are getting back into wrestling that haven't watched it for a while. Can you talk about the tournaments? Uh, right. The tournament schedule in right. New Japan is insane and fascinating. What are the big shows that are, the tournaments are leading up to and and from there? Right. So every January 4th, uh, we, we start our year off, and that's basically uh, the equivalent of our WrestleMania. It's called Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. This upcoming year, uh, it's going to be two nights as opposed to one night, which is kind of cool. Awesome. So, yeah, I think it falls on a Friday, Saturday, or a Saturday, Sunday, so they decided to try two nights so every once in a while, they'll do two nights, depending on, on, on what day of the week it falls on. So that's our big year, you know, that starts the year off. The next day is New Year's Dash, and that's basically the Raw after WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. all the new storylines usually uh, develop from there. And then, uh, you know, we have the New Japan Cup, which is a big heavyweight tournament. We have the Best of Super Junior, uh, which is, you know, all the greatest juniors from all around the world in one tournament. And, and the tournaments uh, that I'm speaking of are, are usually as opposed to single elimination, they're kind of like a league tournament. So you have sure. to wrestle everybody once. It's crazy. Which is cool, but also very hard on the wrestlers. But So what's the what's the structure for these tournaments? Tournaments, uh, Obviously, you know, it's still professional wrestling. So the, the we, we know the outcome uh, is predetermined. But what is the what's the structure for New Japan as far as who gets to go forward? Who's losing? Like what what's the sort of class system or cast system of New Japan Pro Wrestling? What puts someone over as opposed to someone who is out in the first round? Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's what makes the tournaments, I think, a bit more interesting because, the you know, like the G1, for example, which is another tournament like the best Super Junior G1, uh, it's like some big summer tournament, is like you could be losing a la like Ibushi did this year. He, he, he lost like the first, I don't know, four matches mm-hmm. or three matches, but then still wound up beating all the imp- important people that he needed to beat to get himself into the final and then eventually, you know, uh, win the whole thing. Right. So I think there's just a, that's the, that's the drama. So I think people who are mm. watching it, they tune in, you know, whatever, all 20 nights or whatever. And then they're like, oh, they're watching the drama. They've got their point system. They're, you know, they're making, uh, you know, pools with their friends. And I think that that's where it kind of like becomes a bit more like football or mm-hmm. right. basketball or, you know, the playoffs or something. Cause that's basically, it's basically the playoffs, you know, so right. for, you know, our company. So, and then the winner of like the G1, which is the biggest tournament of them all uh they go on to face the champion at wrestle kingdom so you know that would be like money in the bank or winning the royal rumble or whatever right so that i guess that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier regarding drama the Mm -hmm. drama is not the sort of superficial outside the ring you know obviously manufactured drama Mm -hmm. um in a writer's room but the drama really is within the ring and it's all about the sport itself right and it makes the matches uh so much more interesting because maybe there was a matchup between a guy uh like i don't know how uh, how familiar you guys are with but like toriano who's Mm -hmm. He's a, his whole gimmick is and character is basically he's a he's a very intelligent dude. He's a little wacky and he spoils things all the time. He has a great record. He never really loses, but he's not a champion or, and you know he's not like a, a top level guy. But he's the guy that if he goes to face somebody who's in peril in a tournament, he's very likely that he's going to spoil the whole tournament for that person. So right. then you've got these like spoiler teams. You know you've got the underdog. You've got the guy who's you know, maybe the champion or close to being the champion and he should probably win the whole thing, you know? So like it kind of makes its own drama. It's kind of interesting. Right. As far as the culture goes with the audience, it's very different from the States. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of like polite. I went to Wrestle Kingdom last (laughs) year and it was just like very, uh, it's very, everyone's very polite. There's there's not a lot of uh, NXT chants. No, it's very chill. No, No, it's very chill. Um, You know, everybody's drinking beer and having a good time and Mm -hmm. everything. But uh, even though they're just kind of like sitting and watching and then you and in the beginning, you're used to like, okay, if they're not, people aren't making noise and you're doing a really bad job. Right, right. Now, you know, but it's really not that they're just so into it, and they're and and uh, sometimes that they they're just like watching the action detail by detail, and and they're not making any noise, and then at the end they're like, oh, that was nice, and you get a little golf clap, yeah, <laughs> you know, which is 
Mexico. That must have been so weird when you first started because, yeah, America so is just like, if they're not screaming, you're not doing you're a good right. job. A and bunch yeah. of idiots. Yeah, and if they're not, <laughs> yeah. they're not telling you to fuck off, you're doing terrible, right? Like, <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I guarantee you next Sunday it's going to be three degrees. There's going to be people with their shirts off. They're going to be painted green and gold. They're, you suck. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be going crazy. Exactly. That must have been shocking your first match in New Japan. Where you're like, I thought I was doing pretty good, but they all just sat there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very weird. But that, but then you know, you you remember, okay, I've watched a ton of New Japan tapes and, and and video before this. I know that they don't make a lot of noise. They're into it, so okay, just calm down. You know, you have to like bring yourself back and be like, okay, calm down. Just keep doing what you're doing. Eventually, they're gonna say something, and yeah. you'll be all right. And you do so. And when they pop, they pop. Yeah, and and what and what's cool too is they're they're very like traditional in the fact that like you know between good guys and bad guys they boo the bad guys like the guys from the Bullet Club those guys will get booed a lot then you know where they're actually going boo boo and that's something that I think that they kind <laughs> yeah. of adopted from Western culture you know to do that uh, you know I, you know because they know they're supposed to do it against the you know the bad guys and of course now it's almost impossible to tell who's going to get booed who's going to get cheered good good guy bad guy is such a blurred area at this yeah. point in pro wrestling no absolutely they're, that's why new japan is so fun because it is they buy in they mm -hmm. like the audience totally buys in right but from from a performance perspective you we've had a lot of wrestlers on the show now and oftentimes they say you have to be listening to the audience mm -hmm. uh you know the audience doesn't dictate the action but the audience can let you know like where where should we go from here it must be difficult to sort of gauge how to structure your match if the audience isn't giving you any input, does that change uh, how you wrestle at all? You know, uh, not so much because I think, uh, I, well, at this point, I, I, I'm definitely, I feel like I'm an expert at that particular audience. So I know kind of exactly uh, what I'm going to do or when I'm going to do it and, and at what time. And then I might just make some minor changes on the fly, you know, in there. But, um, I, you know, I, I mean, any any audience you kind of figure out, you know, whether right. it be a Western audience, whether it be a Japanese audience, whether it be a you know an audience in the UK or Mexico, like you kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. Like in Mexico, you can do power bombs and stuff, and nobody will care. Nobody right. will, will they'll mm -hmm. make, they won't make any reaction at all. And then, but if you raise your hands and just put your hands up in the air and just be like and say anything, they'll react. <laughs> so, right. which is which is so different from you know from from the, you know, like, especially like uh, here in America, like you do a power bomb, no matter whether you do in the beginning match or later in the match, they're going to react some way and be like, yes. ooh, ah, you know. So, you know, especially in the States right now, it's very like, ooh, culture where it's like you do something. It's like, oh, you're trying to get a oh, 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 yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You just you kind of learn your, your audience a little bit. And, I, and they're not really I don't know if you once you start doing this for a while, you, you really can pick it up and, and figure out what to do. So Mexican audiences, do you think that they sort of like the taunting? They like the the, yeah. the wordplay. They like big characters. Right. Obviously, I'm thinking of Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest talkers in the history of the sport. Mm -hmm. So good at getting a reaction. So good at getting heat. And then what's the – so that's, that's kind of like the Mexican brand. That's right. what that audience sort of likes there. Right, right. No, and they like uh, you know the acrobatics. That's that's really right. important there. So acrobatics, uh, a lot of movement they like. But um, you know whether it's brawling or whether it's like actual like high flying technical wrestling. You know they they do like that. Uh, when you do the power moves, not so much a reaction for some reason. I, I I've never really experienced any any big reaction from. Now when it's like a, a championship match or something's on sure. the line, that's when they seem to react. Uh, right. For those kind of moves, but other than that, I mean, it, it's kind of all throwaway, you know. And and some of the young guys, especially like when I was young and I started going to Mexico, I was like trying to do all these big moves and stuff, and I was like, nobody cares. I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized, oh, if I just dance and swivel my hips a little bit, then oh, okay. They'll <laughs> <laughs> why do you Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because as a as American wrestling fans, we've been so conditioned by the WWE brand? By the big boys, the big bruiser bodies, the big moves, the power bombs, the Vader bombs, all of those kinds of things. Why do you think it is so different as far as like the different cultures, UK, New Japan, Mexico and America? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th I think that definitely, you know, I, it, it could be how it's presented. Like, you know, like WWE, like you said, was always about the big bodies, the big moves. When you hit, you know, you're in a 
big arena usually, right? Especially, right. you know, here in the States when you're watching, you know, you're talking about WWE. So it's like, you know, the way they mic the uh, the ring probably has a lot to do with it. So if the bigger you are, the bigger the sound, you know, it's going to mm. make with that mm -hmm. mic. Um, so I think that that might have a, a lot to do with it uh, as well, you know. And then just, you know, we, we're kind of like a mixture of them all, just big personalities. We like, uh, you know, hard-hitting action. We like some comedy stuff. I mean, we're kind of, a, I think, all around the board kind of like – pretty level and even with with all the different types of wrestling and then right. i think mexico they like the you know big care like big charismatic like uh colors and 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 they like a lot of flair right they like you know obviously the masks are a big deal so it's like you know everybody's got to have like their certain different uh you know mask and style you know a lot of details when it comes to that and then japanese wrestling i i think it's more about based off of like martial arts you know mm -hmm. where it, it it derives from uh, you know, people who already know how to do jujitsu and judo or karate because right. I mean, they're taught in school. So, I mean, you know, so they, 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 they can see the realistic. So you like when you put on an armbar submission or a, a guy with a background from, you know, MMA or UFC comes in, then they're like, oh, wow, this guy is super strong. That's what they understand. You know, right. as opposed to being like they can also see a guy who has big muscles but he he doesn't move real well he's got he doesn't have good mobility they can automatically tell like oh that guy's he's strong on the outside but he's not that strong you know like he right. would probably lose against somebody smaller you know because uh, he could get submitted easily or something like that right. so it's like they're like i don't know it's just it's culture stuff you know that has a lot to do with it and then what's the, what's the uk like i'm interested because they seem to have a I mean, I guess in theory they have a slightly more polite culture, but I've been out there many times and they're just as drunk as rowdy as any American oh, yeah. that I've yeah. ever you seen. Know, they like, <laughs> yeah, they like uh, the character stuff. They they're they're big on the character stuff. Like uh, this is a, conversations that I've had with like uh, Marty Skrull, you know, over the years. Like you could be the greatest wrestler of all time in the UK, but if you don't have some kind of uh, character that that really connects with them or even like some kind of gimmick mm -hmm. then right. people just don't care about you you know and that and that goes back i think to some of the culture like the world of sport days you know the big popular guys are like big daddy you know you know so yeah. like you know he was a big presence you know and you know i don't know there there was there was some characteristics to it you know right absolutely as far as creative goes with new japan and Forgive me for asking such a marky question. Okay. How far uh, how far in advance are storylines set? Or that's, do you know? That's a good question. Um, you know, the wrestlers don't really know, to mm -hmm. be honest, how far they're really set. So, you know, sometimes you can kind of get an inkling a little bit of, like, what's going on. Just like if you hear, like, okay, the next whatever pay-per-view is going to be this, this match. Then you can kind of guess sometimes where it's going because... Like I said, like New Japan is 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 very like sports, uh, like even the booking is is very like sports like. So, if the Clippers have a good team that year, then that right. person's most likely gonna make it to the finals. You know, right. so like it, it's and it's kind of similar the way that the the booking is in New Japan. So, we don't really know that far ahead though. Gotcha. Actually, no. Just May, yeah, right. yeah. Sometimes it's a complete surprise. We're like, oh. That's going on? okay. Whoa, okay, and then that's what's also makes it shocking. I think too, you know. For big matches, yeah. the day you show up in the arena, mm -hmm. do you know uh, what you're doing, or are you told on the day? Uh, I guess maybe that's where where I oh, meant okay. to go. Uh, no, maybe. Well, it depends. It depends. Sure. Yeah, like uh, you know, if you're if you're not in an, an important match, you probably wouldn't. Uh, you probably don't know. Maybe don't care that all that much. But mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like you right. know, you just deal with it as it comes, and then. Um, uh, if you're in a big match, yeah, you might know a little a little ahead of time. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it does seem like New Japan has much more of a, as you were mentioning, sport culture. It seems like it's booked a lot more like MMA than WWE, mm -hmm. and I feel like that kind of gives it that sort of feel of authenticity. That right. one of the things that happened here in America, obviously, I love the World Wildlife Federation. I love animals. I, I love them. <laughs> Um, but it should still be WWF. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up on WWF. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, it's, it, that was a hard, that was like one of my first moments where I'm like, I am now just becoming old because I'm like, I do now call it WWE, but for a long time I was like, it's WWF. And I'm like, I refuse. I'm just, I'm like three stages away from yelling at kids to get off my lawn and just being like, <laughs> you don't know, it's WWF. It's like, all right, I'm just going to roll with it. It's pro wrestling. I'm going to go with WWE, whatever. But they definitely did abandon kayfabe entirely, right? right? When it comes to like 
the idea that it was real, not I don't like to use the term real because it is real, but the idea that it was um, as authentic as, as something like MMA or something like uh, professional football, although I think professional football is more rigged than any professional wrestling match <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, but that's a whole other conversation for probably a different <laughs> podcast that I should start at some point. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Oh my God, these refs are crazy. <laughs> no one wants to look at you. Shut the fuck up. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. But um, when it comes to New Japan, do they have they kept the idea that it's authentic, that it's that it's real combat? Well, I think I could tell you this is, um, you know, if we get in trouble if we're hanging out basically with people we're not supposed to hang out with. So like somebody, if we're, if we're in a feud with that person and say a fan takes a picture or something, I mean, we get, we get into some serious trouble over it because the fans don't like when that comes up online, you know? So mm-hmm. right. like, it's really hard. It, like nowadays, you know, with social oh. media, it's like, you know, and, and you know, for the most part, you know, the non-Japanese wrestlers, you come to Japan, you're in a different country, you know, it's easier, you know, they become kind of like your family. So say you start feuding with this person, then it's like, oh, well, now we can't hang out. If we go to like certain places, we, you know, we just, we can't go together or, you know, or we'll travel, you know, to to like a, a more private, like restaurant or whatever and we'll, okay like oh make sure that they have like a private room and then we'll just meet each other there you know or something like that so weird and it's not with everybody it's, it's almost like you're cheating on the fan base yeah it, you have to do exactly. everything on the slide you have to do everything behind the scenes yeah because it's just and and the japanese fan, i mean they and it's funny like it, you know it, it's it's really cute they call like there will be fans that call the <gasps> the new japan offices and be like what is Rocky Romero hanging out with so and so for? You know, like what is going on? And and they'll like complain and like and and want to know what what the scoop is, like why they're hanging out. And then rumors get started, like is Rocky oh, no. joining Bullet Club? Is it you know like whatever? Like right. it's it's very it's cute. It's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the internet has got to make your life kind of a living hell when it comes to that. When it comes to just, I just want to go have a beer with my dude. <laughs> right, Can right. we just hang out, please? <laughs> Do you ever just want to grab a fan and be like, it's I don't really hate this person. You know what, though? But it it makes I think it makes our product and our job so much better because uh, because of you're living Yeah, because of the cave, because because the actual matches and and the storylines are are important because nobody's like saying, ah, well, that's just a bunch of bull crap. You Mm -hmm. know, we don't don't get we don't really get that from fans, you know, like fans are, are are cool. You know, I th- that's why I think still in Japan is like some of the greatest fans of all time because yeah. it, it's it's all completely real to them. You know, still. right, right. And I do like that you censored yourself. Bull crap. I love that <laughs> when the audience chants bull crap. It's the best. We gotta bring bull crap. Bullshit is great, but nah, bull crap. There's something more powerful about it. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, no. Definitely not. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about one of the greatest uh, intro songs of all time with your tag team boys, uh, Rapongi 3K? Oh, it's like I don't I know if you've heard boys. it, but it's it's dope. That's very exciting. I love intro songs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that I made that song. Well, first, you know, I got put. You know, I scouted the boys. Got got put with them, showing yo, and uh, I was like, we gotta package this whole thing up right. And uh, I think the music is going to be a big part of it. So you made you made the intro song yourself. Yeah, because you're also you also do a lot of music. You were telling me before telling us uh, before the start of the show. You're also you, you, you're a rapper. Um, how uh, how has that sort of worked into your professional wrestling? Do you have that into your persona at all? Your artistic or musical abilities? Is that sort of come into the ring as well no absolutely uh you know definitely the entrance music is is such an important thing for any wrestler right so to be able to have your own music that's tailored specifically for you and made by you and the fans know that it's made and done by you i think is super important i think it definitely it gives a feel of uh you know of what your character is actually is you know so yeah um, yeah definitely the music is a part of of who i am as a character and and i you know i basically i was the producer of rapungi 3k but i was actually producing the music and producing you know everything else behind it so uh, right you know a lot of the stuff was all the original the look and the concept and the 
you know, one's wearing gold and one's wearing silver. I mean, that was all like my ideas, you know, kind of taken from Daft Punk, you know I mean? That's kind right. of where I got, got the, the look and the idea was like, okay, how do I make this into, you know, something that's suitable for professional wrestling? So, and then, uh, you know, kind of went from there and then I, you know, I told Show and Yo, I was like, okay, you know, here's, here's what I'm thinking as a package. You guys make it your own, you know? So in the beginning it was, you know, it was, they didn't really know what it was. None of us really do. You know, and then you, you kind of make it drone. You know, the same thing I think with yeah. like Okada when the Rainmaker was presented to him. You know, he he didn't know exactly what the new, he didn't know what the Rainmaker was. You mm -hmm. know, and then he had to kind of figure it out. And you know, okay, cool. I'm, I'm a rich kid. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna buy a Ferrari. Okay, cool. And you know, whatever. And then you know, then he started making it his own. And I think that's kind of how it is with with almost every wrestling gimmick. But which is cool in New Japan is like we really have our own like space to to make it our own. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's, right, right. nobody's in our ear saying it has to be like this. It has to be like that. Uh, like Kenny Omega is a great example. When Kenny got the cleaner gimmick, I think in, in one way, new Japan was thinking like, Oh, the cleaner gimmick is going to be, you know, like this, uh, kind of like mafia type hitman. You can sure. you know, saw he had the, you know, the leather, long leather jacket mm -hmm. and the glasses and all this. And then he, in his mind was like, Oh, the cleaner, like a janitor. <laughs> I'm going to get a broom and I'm going to clean up New Japan. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh, cool. Well, make it your own. I mean, that's, that's, that's sweet. You know, whatever that, that, and then, you know, nobody's saying like, no, it had to be whatever we were thinking this way. You know, it's, it's not like that, you know? So, which is cool. Right. Yeah. When Kenny brought the broom out, I was like, this is getting serious. Yeah. <laughs> he is going to, he is legitimately going to clean up the concession stands. That's right. He is going to make, this is going to be the, it's going to be such a sparkling arena by the time he's done cleaning this place. <laughs> exactly. Do we want to play it for the audience? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Let's play it. Show, yo, and Rocky, we about to make a Punky 3K. Transform an optimist so proper like bigger than gunned-up bodies so stop the light Show it yo, they hit the room The crowd blacked out, can you feel the bone? Causing more chaos in the typhoon Futrified blessing served to you with a spoon I love it 3K, 3K, 3K Honestly, that's perfect intro music <laughs> It's so much fun It gets yeah. stuck in my head On my way over here, I was like 3K, 3K, 3K. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think like it's got to be a little repetitive. It has to have like a chant feel to it, you know. Uh, that I don't know. I think that that's like something that sticks out because uh, you know you want to be able to chant stuff in wrestling, right? So right. like the next part, you know, it, it, we actually put a chant in there. It was like it goes ra pongi, ra pongi. So like all the crowd, you know, when we get up on the ropes and we were waiting for them to call our names, you know, yep. the crowds. I timed it out perfect, you know. So like now the crowd is like chanting ra pongi, and it's going with the music, and then I don't know it's just cool. I was able to like put it all together. It's yeah. hype. Yeah, it's hype. I guess it's all about training the audience. I, I'm reminded of uh, like Finn Balor, you know, when he comes out, the whole audience right. puts their hands up when he puts his hands up. All of that stuff is so well timed out. How how long does that take as far as like we were talking earlier about, you know, the seven moves you have to learn. That's foundation. How long does it take before you get to that next performative level where now you have the audience they don't even know they're being trained. Mm -hmm. They don't even know they're being like not manipulated, but right. um, encouraged to act in a certain way. How long does it take before you kind of get that kind of power? Because it really is a powerful thing, right? I think everybody is a little different, uh, you know. It, but definitely, that's the the time. That's like the real next step because you're kind of like I feel like everybody kind of floats around for a little bit, and mm -hmm. you're trying to like you're doing stuff but you're just doing it to do it you don't really know why you're doing anything and right. then there's one day where you're out with something and it clicks and you're like oh this is why i'm supposed to be doing it and it's like oh yeah oh there's the idea oh okay yeah if i do this and i say this here then if i just keep saying it everybody one day is just gonna go with it and sometimes you know it doesn't work sure. yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, like, there's been plenty of times where people have tried to get stuff over and it's like wait what and, you know but then you know sometimes i think it's it's the best gifts are like when it just comes to you like on the fly you just say one thing and it gets a me an immediate reaction then you're like oh, i bet you if i keep doing this it, it like it's going to become a thing i mean sometimes it just you know like completely happened on accident like i was wrestling in mexico one time and uh uh there's like a famous salsa singer named celia cruz and uh, I, you know, my my gimmick was I'm Cuban, so I'm beating a, this guy up on the outside, and we're like fighting in the audience. And uh, this guy goes, "Hi, pinche hijo de Celia Cruz." Like, hey, like, what's the best way to say that? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
the fu- you're the f- I don't know how to say it. it's like a For weird d- translation but you're the fucking son of Celia Cruz like like I don't which he was he was trying to say something derogatory me but to, but I was like her her catchphrase is azúcar which is like I don't know it's like you feel something like oh you're feeling you know like Ooh, right you know so I just turned up I was beating the guy up I looked at him and I just go azúcar and I did the little shimmy shake you know like Eddie Guerrero and then I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then and then the whole place just like three thousand people just go nuts ah and I was like. That's my tag. There okay, it is. Finally, That's awesome. I got one. You know, so <laughs> so then you know, like you know, I've been saying in Asukad for you know for. A million years now. I mean that you know that's a nickname of mine. So yeah, and, and that's got to be like when once you're able to get that catchphrase. Obviously, when it comes to like merch, when it comes to overall, everything. you know, it's everything. Because I'm reminded of Stone Cold Steve Austin also. Coining, uh, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. One of the greatest examples right there. Million dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, more than that, like a hundred yeah. million dollar idea. <laughs> Damn near a billion dollar idea. Yeah. You know, the next day people have homemade t-shirts and shit. So that really must be when it comes to like financial um, success in the industry. It's not just about in-ring, but it's got to also come out with all the merch and things like that. Right, right. And, th- and like going back to the music, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking too is like in the beginning, I was like, oh, what's a different way I can make merch? Okay, everybody wears t-shirts, they wear hats. Okay, what's a different way? Like something that I could, uh, you know, really reach people on a different level. And I was like, okay, if I make my music, like, cause I've just been playing with music, you know, for, for a couple of years before that and just making it on my computer and then being done with it. And then I listened to it and nobody else listened to it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to make a song. Who cares if they like it or not? You know, just like, go for just it. Yeah. Go for it. Just do it. You know, go for it. And then, you know, it ended up working. So, uh, you know, so then I was like, I'm going to make more, you know? And then I was like, well, this is now uh, another stream of merchandise for me, you know, in that kind of way. Like I'm selling a product that's different and, you know, some people are going to really vibe with it. And like, you know, we're going to become closer as, you know, in, in a way and, and I'll be able to reach people in a different way. And, you know, that's just how it goes. I mean, I, I, that's my uh, initial thought when I started doing the music uh, right, and putting right. it out, you know. And how much how much power do you have or how much control over do you have over the Rocky Romero brand? I know with when it comes to Vince, I think the wrestlers get 3% of all merch mm. sales. Something, something dismal. Yeah, I think everybody's different, though. Yeah, yeah. it depends. Um, for the Rocky Romero brand, I mean, it's mine. You know, it's right. 100% mine. Uh, you know, if New Japan wants to do a T-shirt, they you know they usually just let us know, and then we come. You know, we'll come to a, a we kind of have like a deal worked out for each year, mm-hmm. and then each year it might change or stay the same depending. And uh, yeah, we just go from there. Every every project that they do is, is you know they they get the approval of the wrestler. Does this work? Right. Does that work? And then this is how much it's going to be. Are you okay with that? If you're not okay with that, let us know, and then work it out, and then boom, done. You know. And I'm still available. I'm still able to do all the merch on the side. So, you know, like, I, I got RockyRomeroMerch.com. I love it. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, RockyRomeroMerch.com. Go check it out. Get your hats and get your shirts. Get That's your right. songs. That's right. And then, uh, you know, we're able to still do that, too. So, I mean, it, we're, it's pretty open as opposed to, like, WWE where you can't sell uh, merchandise outside of WWE for yes. the most part. Uh, and also, it seems like the way the WWE creates their products, we may have Jordan Miles on here at some point in the relative near future. <laughs> Um, perhaps, uh, but of course he had a, a t-shirt that came out, which was, you know, it was like, um, it was like the black Sambo type look, big old red lips, white, white teeth. It was, you know, it was just, uh, you know, extremely offensive. Uh, certainly he was extremely pissed off, which is why he's no longer with the company. Um, but do you, so you, you feel like with new Japan, they give you a lot more freedom to really present the product that you want to have presented without the supposed genius of Vince McMahon absolutely no absolutely I think that uh, you know in New Japan you get to really be a, a true artist Espe- you know obviously in the beginning you're not right you're, you're a young lion you're you're there to learn at that point right and then once you basically graduate it's like go be an entrepreneur go do whatever you want to go do to to make yourself uh, appealing to your audience, you know, find your, find, find your, your, yeah, find yeah. your thing, whatever mm-hmm. your thing is. So, um, you know, and then they're, they're helpful along the way, obviously, you know, you know, coming back from an, you know, an excursion as a young lion, it's hard to co- obviously come up with like a character or a gimmick. Cause it's like, they're, you know, especially the, the Japanese guys, they're, they're so used to being told what to do at that point. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay. So like, you kind of like, okay, well, here's the idea. And then, you know, most of the time they're just like, okay, cool. And then they go and they, you know, they figure it out. 
for mm-hmm. themselves, you know, right. what that actually is. And it may change, you know, and it, and, and sometimes there's been points where like, uh, like Maccabi is a good uh, example, like where he came back and they, you know, they had a, one idea for him and then he, you know, he's a really smart guy. He came up with something completely different and then just completely changed his name. He was Shinya Maccabi, he became Togi Maccabi. He started wearing the chains and doing like the Unchained Gorilla thing. And that was like yeah. all his idea as opposed to somebody else giving it to him. Right, yeah. right, right. What were some of your favorite matches so far that you've had? Who were some of the people that you loved to wrestle the most? Ooh, I, the Young Bucks, were, you know, were, were great opponents. Uh, always love wrestling them. Um, now, uh, El Fantasma. Yeah. Had a really good match with him. Yeah, fantastic Will, match yeah, with him. Will Ospreay, another really, uh, you know, yep. great, great performer. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I had a really great time, uh, this Super Junior in general, wrestling show and yo, because those are guys that I never, you know, haven't wrestled since they were young lions, because we're on the same team. Um, show or yo? Which one? Ooh. I, I, well, I wrestled, um, Maybe show right now. All right. Yeah, I okay. meant to show right now. No offense, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You'll never listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> Perfect. What makes a great opponent for you? Who do you like to go against the most? Do you like to go against a bruiser, a high flyer, a talker? Who does Rocky Romero like to go into the ring against? Who compliments your style the best? Probably high flyers, like like serious high flyers. Um, yeah. Osprey's a little different because he's like a power guy slash high flyer. He can yeah. kind of do it all. But um, I think against flyers on the best because I'm not like a crazy flyer. I got like a couple of things that I do, and you know, and that I do well. And the and I so I feel like uh, you know, I could be like the grounded version. As, a, as I want to be opposite of them, right? Because I feel like that's what makes the best matches. So like, if they're gonna be high flyers, then I won't. I won't even fly sometimes, you know. So and I'll try to like add in a little bit of the character stuff and do do certain moments that people are gonna remember as opposed right. to you know just. Uh, you know, they're going to add the, the, the moments that people are going to remember with the high-flying stuff, so I'm going to add in, like, other stuff to kind of make it more of a complete match, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, right. like, more things coming and more layers to it, you know? Or it might, you know, somebody might injure their arm or something like that, and I might add another layer. So, like, as, as a, especially, like, a singles wrestler, when, when I'm doing singles, like, I try to add in as many of these, like, little layers. Not too many, but just enough layers that it's like, oh, oh, look, that that's where this went, or that's where this is going. And then, like, you forget about it, and then later in the match, like, oh, no, I forgot. His arm was all messed up. Whatever, you know. it may Right, be. right, right. Or he tried to do something sneaky, and it didn't work this time, you know, whatever. Yeah, I feel like that's the perfect balance when you have a high flyer, and then someone, you know, kind of keeps it more grounded. I mean, one of the, one of the things when it comes to the WWE... Um, model oftentimes they got the two big guys going against the going against one another uh, right. as we just saw with crown jewel i guess kane velasquez isn't necessarily a pro 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 wrestler mm-hmm. uh, but he's been training a little bit uh but it just doesn't seem to i guess it, it it's lacking those layers so when you watch it i'm trying to figure out like why didn't that brock lesnar kane velasquez match hit uh it's because it, it was there was no layer to it right there was no layer to it and and there should have been and think about the story that they were that they have right uh, yeah like this is where you want to layer it as much as you know as much as you can he's still but still keep it simple and short because kane has only been doing it you know less yeah. than a year or whatever so so i don't know i th- I, I agree that there could there's they could have done that way better and like executed it way better and uh it was actually disappointing when i watched it because i had seen kane like the week before in san jose and i was like oh oh man that kind of sucks i they did you like that but um yeah whatever i don't know like like eddie guerrero is a perfect example of a guy who can layer so many different layers and he can fly a little bit he could you know right. he's my favorite my favorite wrestler of all time so I, I you know him and ray were like gods to me oh so, my god amazing so, yeah so it's like those two guys were like the perfect example of of that high flyer versus that a little more grounded wrestler but you know obviously eddie has all those like you know interesting characteristics the lie cheat and steal yeah. thing that he could always go back to if he needed you know so he would add all these different layers remember the time where they did the um the thing with the ankle lock and and uh you know his boot key he unlaced his boot and you forgot about it then later the boot came off and he pinned him and like like that's eddie guerrero 101 you right know? so it's like good storytelling yeah it's yes. great storytelling brilliant great storytelling he was yeah the best i cannot believe uh that ray mysterio is still wrestling because it is and how it's is he crazy. doing it at such a high level like that? He's still an animal. What is going it's on? It's crazy. Superhuman. Um, I think that's one of the things that kind of drew me to, my husband was big into New Japan and I kind of follow suit. 
Of course, we went to uh, Wrestle Kingdom last year. And I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most was that nuance. And it, I felt it was a respect for the viewer mm. or for the fan more right. so than uh, some of the what I'll consider a weaker storytelling. Like you really have to watch a match and pay attention move for move mm-hmm. and follow what I didn't realize at the time was legitimate storytelling. Like, you're like, okay, oh, okay, here comes that move that, oh, if he hits it, it's over. If he doesn't, is he going to hit it? Can he hit it? Like, And that's what I think makes New Japan stand out much differently than some of the brands, some of the promotions here. Right, and I I think that, like, also... um just be it's it's Japanese culture right like you have to like give your your the presentation and what you do in the ring has to be like 110 percent or or don't even do it at all like don't even show up then you know Mm -hmm. like they would rather you just not show up at all if you're not going to go 110 percent and I think um so like you see that in in the matches because people really care they're really trying really really hard uh for you to enjoy yourself and they want they have there's such a pride uh, that that's within the gold, the Japanese culture, and it and it definitely um, all the you know Americans, Canadians, you know Aussies that we have, you know it, it it's all rubbed up off on us. Where like we we're constantly trying to keep that that level that New Japan is known for up there, you know. So like even with with New Japan coming out to the states now, um, every you know I think people were like, why aren't they doing like these big shows? Why aren't they doing this? Sure. And we're like, no, we want to like start. We we want to like make an actual base for us. Like we yep. want to like go into small places. Like we want to be able to like reach fans so that fans can like come and like and especially new fans that they don't really know about the wrestling. We want to give you like the best wrestling experience in a building like that. And sometimes it's not those big buildings are too big. You, you know? lose it. Yeah. You lose it. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like these intimate buildings, like a cork and hall, is is Ugh. the most one of the most intimate buildings of all time. I've never been. It's, I didn't get oh, to go an, last uh, year. Uh, next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it's such an amazing uh, event there. You know. So I feel like that's like what makes us unique and important. We're really good live events. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So we want people to to come out to these smaller live events and and really become a part of the ingrained in, in the product you know yeah when I, I had a chance to go see New Japan in Sydney Australia and it was awesome there was like 150 people there and wow. you get to see like you just get to see the match in a different way right and you start to really appreciate all the little things that go in that you might not see if you're in a huge ass arena right yeah no I think our sweet spot right now was like a thousand to two thousand people is like mm-hmm. perfect you know just where That's it's like awesome. enough um, you know that it, you know it feels like it's it's a, a, a major event but it's not like too small, you know, you know, a bingo hall type feeling, but, um, or, or like American Legion or something. And, uh, but you know, still not huge, you know? Right. So. No, it's perfect middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. And then you appreciate like how fast we wrestle and how hard like yeah. we actually hit and stuff. Like, yeah, you can appreciate you really it fill the room. Yeah. With, you can feel the room. Like with such big characters and big energy and big moves. Like it's mm. just such an experience. Yeah. Well, speaking of moving fast, hitting each other hard, big moves. How you how you holding up physically? How's your body doing? Great, great. You know, uh, one one thing about Japan too is you know we'll go and do a tour and then we have time off. Mm-hmm. So uh, like like I'm even you know I'm off the this this whole tour right now. So I have like six weeks off or something nice. like that. So yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Just enjoy vacation. <laughs> Good recovery yeah. and everything. Good recovery. You know, I can take you know take the time to re- you know really take care of myself. You know, we're not on the road. We're not changing hotels at all. So. I, uh, you know, I could just focus on, you know, doing yoga, hanging out, you know, going to the gym or whatever, um, or just resting, you know, which is super what? important. Yeah. Is this thing called of. rest? Is that a professional wrestler <laughs> talking about resting his body? <laughs> what? That is, that is for sure of. the first time we've ever heard a wrestler say the word resting ever. Right. And I, like, I don't, I don't have to show up for any matches, you know, or anything like that. Minus this weekend. Um, what's the split, the time split between you being here and Japan? Um, I, the, well, this year it, it is a bit more, you know, because we, we have done more, uh, us shows than we, you know, ever. And we also did London, we did, um, Australia, went to Sydney and Melbourne. So the schedule has been, has been a, a little more than usual, like, but it's also kind of sporadic. So like where we would have just two completely, you know, two weeks off, you know, the, the whole time, basically, you know, it's like, okay, well, we're going to go to whatever Melbourne or whatever mm-hmm. Sydney for 
three or four days. Yep, we were we were in Australia the same time that you all were. So That's I was so just crazy. there at like the hangover show that you all did. Yeah. It was um it was I think oh, it was just scheduled in like Sydney, right? Yeah, in Sydney. Yeah. It was at a university somewhere. Yeah, it was like exactly. super nice. It was cool, man. It yeah. was super chill. Yeah, that yeah, that was a fun show. That was a really fun show. Melbourne was really 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 cool. Dude, As Melbourne's well. rock and roll. Next time yeah. we go to Australia, we're going to hang out there a lot more. We literally were partying at a bar called Cherry Tavern, and it was on ACDC Way. What? Like, their streets are literally <laughs> named after bands and shit. That's it's awesome. like, what is this weird American utopia? Australia's cool. Australia's really cool. It's like a mixture of, obviously, like the UK and America, but it's like a little more Americanized. And I don't know. It's like, I don't know. They, they do, they, they're doing it really well there. Dude, Australia is amazing. It is like, <laughs> it is like Uncle Heaven, right? Because all of the music, it's still all '80s rock. Yeah, sure. And it's not like '80s rock stations. It's just the music. Right. Toto is real over there too, man. <laughs> I heard some Toto deep cuts. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was incredible. Toto is an actual band in Australia. That's so cool. <laughs> I saw bass. a Toto cover band when I was living in Mexico City. That was. Still one of the, the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life from a, <laughs> from a Toto cover band. If a cover band nails it, there's a Talking Heads cover band that my boy Eddie is friends with the lead singer. I don't even want to see the Talking Heads. I just <laughs> want awesome. to see this cover band. I, I do have a quick question before yeah. we go to Match of the Past. Okay. Where are you on the star star ratings, ranking, star match? Like when Melter does How do it. I feel about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. To be honest, yeah. you, you know, I don't, I don't care. I mean, obviously, like, it, it doesn't. Like, some people it really bothers them, mm-hmm. or you know, whether how and how many stars they got, or like, oh, well, I wrestled this guy and definitely it was a better match, and you gave it, you know, whatever a quarter. I mean, it's it's that guy's, you know, that's his thing. A, yeah, you know, it's like you know, like right. any any critic, you know, film critic or whatever, you know, he's he's allowed to have an opinion. It's his opinion, and I, you know, I think it's fine. Some people live by it. I don't live by it. I don't sure. think it's important to live by any kind of criticism. Um, I think it's interesting to take it in as a performer, you know, and see you. Okay, cool. That's interesting why you did that. But then you got to leave right. it. You just got to let it be. Yeah. You can't like worry about it too much because if you do that, you're gonna just make yourself crazy. Yeah. And and, and of course, we're talking about uh, what is it, Dave Meltzer? He has a star system on his website. And I guess it's sort of been used as a as the template for what is a good match and what's not a good match. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's just one man's opinion. It's just exactly. his. You know? It's so, just his opinion. And you know, but you know how any kind of art hits you. I mean, however it hits oh, yeah. you, it hits you. You know, I mean, you know, you may be the biggest Toto fan of all time and I may not be. You know, I might think they're garbage, but you think they're great. You know, yeah. whatever. I don't think they're garbage. I think they're awesome. But, yeah, that's, um, that's about what I thought. <laughs> they're the greatest band of all time. Beatles are the greatest band of all time. Everybody knows that. Wow. 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 Awesome, man. Well, let's see. Every week we do a thing called Match from the Past. Katie, what's this week's match from the past? I have this week's match as Okada and Kenny Omega from 2017. Oh, that was a great match. It's a fairly new one. All right, let's give it a listen. Looks like he's going for that quick release dragon suplex. But this time from the top. Oh, this is so dangerous for both men. Oh, the match from the past thank you so much rocky for being on the show man this has been great um where can people so rocky romero merch.com correct uh Rocky that's where you're gonna get that merch yeah that's where you're gonna get, get that, that merch. merch yeah get, get that, that merch. merch and then uh you can find me on twitter at azuka rock a-z-u-c-a-r-r-o-c i'm also on twitter same handle check out new japan pro wrestling 
Yep. You know, we've got njpwworld.com where you can watch all the latest matches, matches from the past. You can watch the Okada versus Kenny match from Wrestle Kingdom. And do you have anything going on this weekend? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Oh. New Japan huh. Pro Wrestling presents Lions <laughs> Break 2 in uh, Anaheim Convention Center, December 7th and 8th. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's it's also a part of the Car Expo, so mm-hmm. it's like uh, a bunch of anime stuff. It's going to be like really awesome. crazy people in really cool costumes walking around, all kinds of just crazy concerts and stuff. It was it was a pretty fun time last year. I love it. I'm yeah. like uh, I've totally I was never against the Comic Con type events but we get to go now on a regular basis and they are just a lot of fun and by day three the 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 sweat that that is coming <laughs> off of these people with their costumes a lot of bobo fets it's a hot it's a hot costume it gets a little gets a little musty or, little rank little rank a little, yeah. little dirty yeah a little bit so if you're in anaheim go out support live professional wrestling that is going to be so much fun thank you rocky romero for being on the show we really appreciate it man thanks for having me i appreciate it Awesome. All right, Katie, do you have a catchphrase? <laughs> this is about Brandon. <sighs> this is your moment. We've, I know. This is a, I, I, you know, I, it really sticks me with it's going to be great. Okay, it's going to be great. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. It's going to be great. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.